Oh, hey, Matt. Oh, hey, Z. How are you going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good, too. Okay. So you're here on time and nothing happened on the way here? Nope. Acceptable company. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome to this special event. We've been Acceptable Company officially for one, one year. One year. Can you believe it? So we'll do a couple of topics. Then we'll get into the shout outs and comments and questions and acceptable or nots that everyone left for our one year episode. On to our first topic. So Matt, we had someone write in anonymously, which I'm kind of annoyed about because they came up with a great topic suggestion of doing personality tests. Goodness me, that's why they're anonymous. <laughs> do you have any views? on personality tests in general? Like, do you believe in them? Not really? It is a good question. I I don't really. Okay. I know a lot of people like them, especially the, the 16 like Myers personalities. Yeah. I've done tests like that before because people have encouraged me to do them. And I, I don't know. To me, it kind of falls into the same categories like horoscopes and star signs and things like that. Mm -hmm. I just don't really give a lot of weight to that sort of thing. Okay. But, but having said that, it's a step down from horoscopes and star signs, I think. Because instead of you're this, so you act this way, it's you act this way, so you're this. So it's a bit mm. bit better, a bit more credible. And when you read your results, you don't feel that they resonate with you at all? No, they do. But I also feel the same about horoscopes or star signs. I feel like anyone can find anything they want to see in any of them. Got you know? it. We're real egotistical people, so as long as it's saying something nice about us, we're going to be like, yeah, you know, that is me. I, I am that sort of thing. So I feel that way. Okay. What is your opinion on that? I really do subscribe to them. And I think it's because the first time I read my Myers-Briggs personality type, like every line resonated. I was just like, yes, this is actually me. Like, I felt like it was seeing through my soul. Okay, but have you... Have I read all the other ones? Yes. And no, they do not apply to me. My type applies me. So this will be a good test, actually, because we both did two different personality tests, Myers-Briggs and Enneagrams. Mm -hmm. And we are also going to predict the results for each other based on what we know about each other. Okay. Which is a lot, right? Like, I know you pretty well. Yes. I think you know me pretty well. Yes. So if we predict correctly... Then we must actually be friends. No. <laughs> if we predict correctly, like, if we... Oh, if you're we saying there's credibility, too. There's credibility in the results, right? Yeah, fair enough. Because I we picked it. I, yeah, I, okay. And I think I picked you. I, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I bet you did, maybe. But my personality type has changed since the last time I did it. Yeah, so is mine, actually. Uh, I narrowed it down to five for you. Okay, I've narrowed <laughs> it down. I've definitely got your Enneagram type, just outright. And then I've got two for my Briggs. The Enneagram ones are difficult, though, because it's, like it's like a pie graph. No, it's a number. Did you pick a number for uh, me? No, but I will. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're kicking off with that? Personality tests, if you... I'm sure everyone here has done one, that you just answer a bunch of questions mm. about your, I guess, perceptions and attitudes yeah, and if, behaviors. If someone's talking to you at work, do you feel comfortable talking to them about it? Yeah. And there's a range of... Agree like, or disagree. Agree or disagree, yeah. Yeah. And then essentially you're given a result. With Myers-Briggs, it's a four-letter combination. Mm -hmm. Like ENFP or INFP or whatever. Correct. And then uh, Enneagram is a number. So you're a type, one of nine types. So 
yeah, if you haven't done them, you should do them online and find out what you are. I yeah. think that mine really speak to me. I will say this. A lot of people that do subscribe to this sort of thing, they've very much associated me with this personality type. Interesting. Or at least my old one. So they're like, oh, you're such a, you know, this. So, it, yeah, credibility-wise, I do see some there, but I just, I guess, I just don't care that much. You don't care or you don't believe. Different. I, I think I don't care. That you are this personality type. I think they, yeah, exactly right. Uh, I just don't really think about, and, and again, you don't really hear people talking about these personality types clashing as much as like a Sagittarius and Aries. For a mm. So I scoff at it a little less. What it helps me with and why I think they're helpful is because you understand the person and their motivations. So it helps you learn how to communicate with that type of person, right? Like maybe one type avoids conflict. So if you're confrontational towards them, then they're not going to respond well to it. Whereas if they're another personality type, maybe they, they do like to be challenged. So is that something you, you think about when you meet someone new or do you ask what personality type they are or when you do find out what personality type they are, does that then determine how you interact with them? I think it's just good information to have in the back of your head. Mm. I would definitely ask people who I am becoming close to what their personality type is just to be able to read more about them. Oh, you've them. never asked me before? So in our 12 years of friendship? I you. I figured it out. I've read it. I know which one you are. down to three. Okay, we'll start with Enneagrams then. That's the one of nine numbers. Yep, so I do have them here. Okay, before we do this though, I want to preface that I used to be one number for Mm. Enneagram, and then when I did it again recently, I've changed. But the the one that I used to be is still my second highest, so I'm like on the cusp of the two. I bet I can guess what you were and what you are. Okay, what was I and what am I? I think you were four. Okay. An individualist. Okay, yep. So I'll read out the description. You think that I was number four, which is an intense creative. So fours have the motivational need to express their uniqueness and be authentic. Fours value individualism and as a result, feelings, self-expression and purpose will be important to them. They are quite romantic at heart and appreciate beauty and creating meaning for themselves and for others. You are correct. (laughs) Okay, what have I what have I morphed into? I think you've morphed into three, an achiever. Okay, number three, competitive achiever. Threes are likely to value achievement and want to be the best. As a result, efficiency, results, recognition, and image are very important to them. Threes strive for success in their chosen field and tend to be highly flexible and willing to adapt to achieve their goals. You are correct. <laughs> yes. And that's oh. see, so there's merit in this, right? The oh. fact that you can see over time how one has evolved and you can narrow it down. That's not willy nilly horoscopes. I can't believe that. That's great. You did well. Thank I'm you. impressed. All right. You know what number you are? Um I do. Okay. I think that you are a seven, an enthusiastic visionary. So sevens have the motivational need to experience life to the fullest and avoid pain. Sevens value a sense of freedom and focus on optimism, being inspired and taking opportunities as they present themselves. Sevens approach life as an adventure and appreciate being playful and spontaneous. I think that's nice, but according to this, that's not my What? What are you? Apparently, I am also a three. 
Oh, interesting. According, yeah, according to this, my second highest is Challenger, number eight. Eight. Eights have a motivational need to be strong and avoid showing vulnerability. They value having a sense of control and being direct and impactful. Eights love challenges and will embody a need for justice, which enables them to protect others. I see I see aspects of that in you, um, but I, I don't think that you avoid showing vulnerability. I would disagree with that. I also would disagree with that. I really think number seven is you. Did you not just feel that it resonated with you when I was reading it? It did. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. You were probably in a bad mood when you filled out this <laughs> quiz. Maybe I should wait to answering the questions. Because you said that I used to be a four and that now I'm a three. Mm. I, I still identify very highly with being a four. So I think it just depends on your mindset when you're completing these quizzes. I don't know. But I think the 16 personality types are a bit more telling. Okay. Let's move on to that. Okay. So. Alrighty. I'm one type and I've always been that type and it is me. It is actually me. So if, you, if it's not in your list, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, I hope it's in my list. <laughs> I, uh, okay. I think yeah. you are. I'm just going to go with my number one and then I'll tell you the my other and see if I narrowed it down. Okay. I think you are a uh, ENFP. Okay. Do you uh, want the answer? Uh Tell me if I'm right. You're very close. You got three out of four letters. Uh-huh. I am an ENFJ. So I, I, that was my next one. <laughs> ENFJ, extraordinarily caring, social, and popular people, always eager to help. I also had debater, smart and curious thinkers who cannot resist an intellectual challenge. Ooh. Um, adventurer, flexible and charming artist, always ready to explore and experience something new. Or an entertainer, spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic people. Life is never boring around them. Uh, I think that's one of the ones that I have for you. But this is my point, because all of them sound quite positive. Yes. And you could be like, oh, yeah, I, I see. I see that applies to me. Let's see how close I get to you. Okay. So I've got two for you, mm-hmm. and there's only one letter difference between the two. Okay. You're either mm-hmm. an ENFP. Okay, so that's a campaigner. Enthusiastic, creative, and social free spirits who can always find a reason to spire. Yep, sounds about right. Or Maybe. an ESFP. Spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic people. Life is never boring around them. Mm, also sounds pretty good. Uh, well, I will tell you, I used to be the entertainer, the ESFP. Yeah. That's what I always used to be, and I felt like I identified with that. But okay. the latest time I did it, I was the first one you said. <laughs> An ENFP, the campaigner. And you're saying these have no credibility. I can pick (laughs) you straight away. I said they have more credibility than star signs. I think (laughs) Myers-Briggs, honestly, it just, you read about it and they tell you about how they are in relationships and in friendships and in workplaces. And what made you pick campaigner or the ENFP over the ESFP? Just knowing you. I don't know the difference between the two. I just remember reading all the types and being like, oh, okay, Matt's this one. I'll write it down. Interesting. Because I, I always used to think I was an entertainer until I got old and obviously less <laughs> less entertaining. Yeah, I used to be a free creative spirit apparently, but now I'm just all about hitting <laughs> <laughs> those it's deadlines. All about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Work has crushed your spirit. Okay, so you've proven your point. I have. You have. Undeniably. Undeniably. You've proven that there is credibility to these personality right. types. Right, because I trust your... Um, read on me and I hope maybe you trust my read on you obviously yes (laughs) I'm actually super surprised I got yours right really yeah because you are you are a real like mixed bag of just a whole bunch of things Mm. you're a very unique soul so to narrow it down to one personality type I think that was going to be difficult that's Mm. why I had five choices Mm -hmm. but 
obviously I nailed it. Yeah, you did. And you're very consistent. I think even though you've changed throughout the years, the core of who you are remains the same, I think. So it was very easy to pick you. I wasn't like umming and ahhing. It was just like, yeah, that's Matt. I was umming and ahhing until, <laughs> until literally just before we recorded this. <laughs> well, you know, moral of the story. Moral of the story, you can't be a skeptic for everything. No, please. Myers-Briggs, <laughs> it's a real thing, people. Thanks for that. It was pretty fun. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Thanks for knowing me so well. <laughs> Just got, this segment would have gone way different if I got them all wrong. You would have been so disappointed. I would have been. I, I, would have been. I knew you'd get me, though. Okay, I'm good. I knew you would. I'm glad. You're one of the few that actually know me. Aw. Hmm. Aw. Hmm. Uh, so this has been a very busy time of year for both of us, actually. Mm. Um, we know last time we talked about your move. Yeah. You had a house move. Um, and the stories associated with that. Yes. Hashtag meat the rug. Meat rug hashtag. And the <laughs> we I also have been house hunting and have have um recently moved. How is that experience for you? It's an experience that deserves to be put into multiple segments. So that's why we're talking about house hunting specifically because okay. there are stories to tell. Yeah, let's hear them. The whole reason for this was my girlfriend lives on the Central Coast. I lived out west. So we were looking for something in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we chose the Hornsby region, which is quite nice. But neither of us knew uh, much about the, the area. area. So we kind of went to house visits when we could. And, you know, the whole process of house hunting starts very enthusiastically. Mm. And very quickly that <laughs> very quickly that drops down to just like just like not wanting to do it anymore. They right? do you dirty with the wide angle lens photos. They do. Right? So they do. <laughs> We're desirable tenants, my girlfriend and I. We pretty much got accepted to every place we applied for, but there were always issues. For example, the first place we applied for was was quite nice, but we didn't know if it was dog friendly. So this first original place, the house owner says yes, the, the strata says yes, but apparently there's a building commission and they live in the building and they said no. But of course, this process took how many days to finally get the no answer. That was one mm-hmm. already crushed. So then we had a big Saturday where we just went to as many open homes as we could. I think we squeezed in about eight in the one day. Wow, that's just a like lot. Knocked it out. We had a, a list of what we liked and didn't like, which ones we're applying for, which ones were not. And we found one that was gorgeous, really modern. Everything looked like it had been ripped out and re- renovated very recently. Beautiful bathtub. So we went and applied for it. It was pet friendly. The entire building was pet friendly. The guy doing the open home, he recommended us to the landlord because he, he liked us from the open home. Everything was looking positive. We were talking to the real estate company and they're saying, okay, we're just going to finalize a few more things and then it looks like you're all good to go. We were pretty happy, especially after the last experience where we got disappointed until the real estate company rings us up and they said, okay, someone had taken a deposit for the place and then went on holiday not telling anybody. So not only did we not get it, but the whole open home, taking applications, all that work they did was a waste of time because mm. there's already taken. How do they not know that, though? It was so ridiculous. Someone's ass would have been whooped. Yeah. That is such a mistake. Yeah. And we were just constantly like, is this, you know, are you sure this isn't a mistake? Because we were really in love with this place. Yeah. That's the thing. You have so many emotions at stake every time you inspect this place. And you're kind of like picturing your life there with your partner and you can picture where you're putting the furniture and it almost feels like someone was taking my home from me. Yeah. Or my new home from me. Yeah. So it was after that point, we were just done. We just, we just wanted to take a break for a while. There was one more inspection that my, my partner really liked. Only I 
could go to the house inspection. So I got into this house inspection and took a video as best I could for Courtney. And she had to decide off the video whether to apply or not. Um, we did apply and we did get it. And then Courtney, the first time Courtney saw it was when we got the keys and entered it ourselves. Right. So you got it accepted. Yes, we did get. That's the one we got. Yeah. Nice. Thank God. So it was kind of like our second choice. Okay. Luckily, still a nice a nice pick. We're happy with it. Yeah. But I want to talk about some of the other places we looked at. Because mm. some of them are just, how were they How were they up for inspection in the state they're in? One of the places we looked at, not the worst. It was quite a nice spot, but it was right next to a railway. Mm-hmm. Right? And they had three layers of glass, like, doors out onto the balcony. And you can still hear the trains going wow. past every day. We're just like, no, we can't do this. We looked at another place and it had not been cleaned. And I'm talking about there were crumbs on the countertops. There was like shit stains in the toilet. Oh my God. It was awful. Well, real estate agent obviously had no idea that it was in the state. So we're walking around and she's just kind of like, oh, it hasn't been cleaned yet. Oh, that'll come right out. She's doing the best she can. Oh man, it's a tough job. It's a tough sell. Awful. Are there any any doozies that you looked at when you were expecting? How many places did you have to go through before you found this place? I looked at maybe five places in total. Yes, I put together a list of criteria that I needed it to meet. And I rated the places on the criteria. Okay. So there's things like how easy are the bins to take out, for instance. Is it in some like dingy room or is it, you know. So during your 10 minute, 50 minute house inspections, you're looking at the bins. I'm looking at the bins. I'm looking at. The where the TV PowerPoint is located to see if that's a good spot for the TV. I'm mm-hmm. looking at, I'm flushing the toilets to see if the plumbing's good. We also had criteria we were looking for, things like a bathtub, a balcony, really good. We need somewhere grassy for the dog. Yeah. Because, again, we've never had a, a dog in an apartment before, so we're still trying to work out exactly how that works. Toilet. You, you throw the meat onto the rug and then... Oh, of, of course. Yeah. No, no, I've got the rug all set up. <laughs> For the for the feeding, I'm talking about the bathroom. Uh yes, of no, course. I bought a I bought a rug specifically for it, a nice white one, so it'll really get stained. <laughs> Extra fluffy. Yeah, that was my house hunting journey. We did find one in the end. Um, we're in the process of moving in and sorting things out, which is going to be a topic for another time. Any tips for people who are house hunting? Uh, like I kind of like what you said. Have a list of priorities. Have a list of things you're looking for. Yeah. Because you've only got ten minutes, and that goes pretty quick. So I think have have a standard and don't go below that. Yeah. You want to really be knocked off your feet. Don't be like, oh, I might I might learn to live with that because a year or two years, five years, however long you're there is a long time to put up with something. Yeah. And I think if, you get a good feeling when you go into a place. It's like... It, it's exciting. Yeah. But you want to be there. I'm always... Yeah, exactly right. For this place, um, this was the only one that ticked all my boxes and met all my criteria. So the bins are pretty easy to take yeah, out. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, but annoyingly, I couldn't make it to the open home because I was looking at all these other open homes. Oh, no. And so I was just hoping that it wouldn't, it wouldn't go that weekend. And I emailed them like, hey, can I please look at it after work one day? So they showed it to me on a random Wednesday evening I was by myself and then I applied for it like that night so I think my advice would be if you're really keen on a place let them know you're keen Mm. and look at it outside of the public viewing if you can yeah you've kind of gone on to an interesting point I think people are more desperate than they let on for tenants Mm. maybe my my experience isn't true too or maybe the Hornsby area is a bit less competitive but you have more power than you think as a tenant a potential tenant Mm. to demand things and they'll be wanting you more than you necessarily want them Mm. so take advantage of that fact Mm. house hunting is fun-ish 
but moving is the uh, life. Yeah, I've, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> I have stories. Okay, thanks everyone who wrote in for our one-year episode. Yeah, thank you very much. We've had a few different shout-outs and a lot of um, shout-outs plus acceptable on that scenario. So I thought maybe what we could do is a kind of rapid-fire readout of um, what people wrote in and a rapid-fire acceptable or not debate on each of them. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for celebrating our one-year with us. Our first one comes from, I think, our most passionate listener, Cam from Blacktown. Oh, Cam from Blacktown. Um, I love it. I love his messages to us when we post our polls on Instagram. He gets really fired up about <laughs> things like people cutting their toenails. and. So we should. <laughs> so he's asked, when getting dressed, socks first or pants? Uh, socks. What? Mm. Oh, I thought I, I thought the obvious answer was pants. You put your pants on and you put your socks on and you put your shoes on. Okay. You didn't think we'd have a discussion about this. No, I didn't. I thought How it would be easy. Have you met us? <laughs> really? Yeah. Socks yeah. first. Okay. Look, I want to preface this by saying I wear a lot of shorts. You have to make the distinction between shorts or pants. Okay. If I was wearing shorts, then yes, the socks go on second. Okay. If I was wearing long pants or jeans, socks first. Why? 100%. What's the difference? Because when you put the sock on, it's got to go underneath the pants leg ah this is where we clash i only wear socks that go to ankles oh well there you go okay so long socks they go on first before the bottoms yes ankle socks after the bottoms yes i would clarify that long pants socks go on first regardless of ankle or length yes because it's just easier it's easier it's also easier to put your your foot through a pant leg with a sock on it Oh my gosh. <laughs> it really isn't. It is. Um, I've never experienced any difficulty or friction trying to put my pants on without socks. Not all of us live the luxury lifestyle that you do, Z. It's hard it's hard for us uh, down on the streets. Okay, fine. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I do not understand this at all. Who do you side with here? Yeah. Who do you side with? Matt or Z. We all know it's Matt. <laughs> Send, send it through in the DMs. Prashelle from Melbourne Prashelle. wrote in that she met with a group of girlfriends and they started having a discussion about religions. She grew up in a Catholic household, mm. but very respectful of everyone's faith. One girl had very strong opinions on religion, saying that religion's ridiculous. How can anyone believe in a book? For instance, the Bible, the Quran, etc. But later on in the evening, that same girl walked past a tarot card reader (laughs) where the friend was really enthusiastic about tarot card readings and how she believes this and in fortune telling. So believing religion versus believing in tarot card readings or something of that nature, is there a difference to you? No, 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 I don't think there's a difference. I think whatever you believe in is whatever you believe in. Mm-hmm. And everyone should just be accepting of... Yeah. yeah. I think the issue here is that she was critical mm. of Rochelle's beliefs. Yes. But then had her own beliefs. Correct. Which she would probably, I imagine, get quite defensive about if she was confronted with. Yeah, that's it. It's acceptable to believe whatever you want to believe. Yes, but it's also not acceptable to criticize other people for their beliefs just because they don't align with yours. 100%. Though open discussions should be able to be had, but criticism is unacceptable regardless of the situation. Agree. Okay, next one comes from Winston in Melbourne. Winston in Melbourne, thank you very much. Uh, um, he has written, Hey, Matt and Z, thanks for the laughs. I've been loving the recent episodes. Aww. A couple more acceptable knots for you. Oh, I'll just read one of them. 
He wrote, asking people how much they get paid. This seems to happen a lot and makes me uncomfortable, but the answer might change depending on who is asking and why, I guess. It is a tricky one, Winston. Also, thank you very much for writing in and, and for the lovely comment. Yeah, thanks. It's really nice. Um, about the acceptable or not, it, it is the topic of whether or not to discuss salaries is talked about a lot. And I think the general belief is that it's not something to discuss. Yeah. I personally think I've never really had an issue talking to people about how much I earn. Okay. And I think that the more open communication we have about it, the better. Because I think there's advantages to being aware of how much other people, especially in the industry, are being paid. Okay. How much people that you work with are being paid. The more secrecy there is regarding that, the more power potential employees have over paying certain people more than other people. Do you think knowing what your friends and family earn will, would change your opinion of them? It wouldn't for me. Not even a little bit. Okay. I know some people that would. And I think... That's why there's this kind of taboo about it. It's kind of seen by some people as a, you know, the more you earn, the more successful you are, which personally, I don't think is true. Mm. I, I think some careers that are just as difficult to get into get paid very little. But no, it, it wouldn't change at all for me. And that's mm. why I've never had an issue. Disclosing that yeah, information. If you ask me, it's not even, but it's not something that I really value much in myself either. Neither do I, but I do feel like there is, I don't know what it is. Something changes when you find out, I, I think. But I think that it's a good idea in terms of if you're working in the same industry to have a good idea. But that's what things like, I don't know if you've heard of Glassdoor. Um, it's like an anonymous thing where you submit your salary anonymously and you can look at people who have the same job title as you and you can see where you sit in that. I understand as an for the industry, for, you know, general knowledge of the world, it's good to know these things as well. Yeah. But I think it's good to know with the people you work with in your workplace as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or at least not necessarily that you have to know, but I think it shouldn't be that taboo to talk about it, mm. especially in the people you're employed with. Mm. Okay, for me, I wouldn't mind knowing like a window. Like the lowest paid is around here, the highest paid is around here. So you should be sitting in this maybe bracket. It's a, maybe it's different. Because we work in quite different fields. Industries, yeah. Industries. You know, I, I come from a mostly casual kind of job field. And, you know, it's definitely not a salary-based field. Mm. So there's a lot more conversation about shifts and how am I going to earn more money and, you know, working public holidays and this sort of thing. So maybe it's just more, it's, it's an environment that lends itself to those conversations more as opposed to an office environment where I don't know, I've never worked in an office, but from what I've seen in the TV shows, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more... I guess, bitchy in a way or mm. gossipy. Mm -hmm. I think the difficult thing is everyone's out there for themselves, right? You have to try and do the best you can for yourself. So you have conversations to negotiate certain things and you don't want to tell people that you've negotiated something because then everyone's going to want to negotiate that same mm. thing and it's going to be harder for you to... Do you think that's fair? Do you think it's fair for someone else to do the same? Mm, I think a lot of it, and not saying that this is fair, a lot of it is to do with your ability to have those conversations and be somewhat assertive. And yeah, it sucks that the person who is just good at being obedient and taking instructions is probably not yeah. going to earn as much as the person who... Exactly, it's a squeaky nail, right? Yeah. Do we want to work in an industry where that is rewarded? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying... I agree. It, it is. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And let me ask you this. If mm. you were dating somebody and you mm. found out that he earned less than you, mm. would that impact your decision or would that impact your opinion of him? No, not if he earned less than me. But I think, honestly speaking... Mm. Sorry, no one else will hear it. <laughs> 
No, you know me. I'm attracted to minds. I'm attracted to like ambition and people who want to do yeah, something. Who have drive. Who have drive. So they'd have to be, you know, doing something that they love and that they're good at. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, okay. So if they're working in their dream career, but it doesn't pay well, that's different. And if they're working at Coles because they're too lazy to... Correct. Nothing wrong with Coles. Careers. Nothing wrong with Coles. No, but it, no, but we... it depends on the reason you're at Coles. Correct. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Mm. So acceptable not to talk about salaries. I think anonymously in a kind of aggregated data way, that's fine. But individually, what do you earn? What do you earn? I don't know. I think, it, yeah, it, it, I think it is acceptable. But I think in the in the right circumstances, for the right reasons. Okay. Not from a competitive point of view, from a purely fair and to make sure that everyone in the workplace is getting what they deserve. What if you found out that everyone was getting paid less than you? And then, to be fair, now we're going to take you down to where everyone else is. Well, I don't think that's fair. Oh, what? Why not? Don't, don't give me that. They can't take away my money. They can oh, They can give more money to other people. To be, oh, okay. No, they can't, though. They, they, they what can't, if you bring them up a bit and they bring you down a they're bit? They're not allowed to just lower my hourly salary. Oh, no, 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 interesting. Don't, don't start being us. It's, it's all changing now. No, I'm saying illegally. Legally, they can't just lower my salary mm. without some sort of agreement. Okay. They can't just decide all of a sudden to pay me less. Okay, so what's the whole point of this knowing what everyone earns stuff? Just so it's open, it's out in the open. If they're paying somebody 30 bucks and everyone else is on 25 bucks, that's not fair. Management should be paying everyone the same for the right, for the same job. But if you negotiated, let's say, to $30, yeah, okay, but, but that- you found out, oh, okay, we're doing this whole open thing now where everyone's going to get paid the same. Oh, okay, we, you need to go back down to where everyone well, else that's is. That's not how a negotiation would work, I assume. Or, or they give you the option and if you can stay for that price or not. Yeah. If he's negotiated a higher wage, that's fine. Good for him. But he, that shouldn't be a secret. It everyone, shouldn't be. No. Then what's the point of negotiating? Because you get a higher wage. But then everyone's going to negotiate the same way. Well, they can try. I mean, the boss is an idiot, I assume. They can't just walk in and say the exact same five phrases and get a negotiation deal, you know? I don't know. I, I'm starting to disagree with you. <laughs> so what's new? <laughs> the point is, it's it shouldn't be so secretive. And the fact that no one's communicating about it gives only gives power to the employees. Employers, sorry. Only gives power to the managers. Okay, and this is why I'm saying the window is fine. The highest paid is around here. The lowest paid is around here. This is the window. I feel like your mindset in this regard, take this how you will, is a bit more selfish. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. And I, I think that's fair enough. But that that's, that's the sort of mindset it encourages keeping things secret. People to be selfish when we all have to be working to help each other. That's fair. Okay, this next one comes from Emily in Ashfield. Uh, Emily, thank you very much. Hey. Hey, Matt and Z, big fan of this show here. Thanks for the entertainment. This is my acceptable or not scenario. I was recently on a date. The person in the first 30 minutes started to talk about their ex negatively, followed by a lot of childhood trauma dumping. I know COVID and lockdown has taken away some basic social and communication skills and made some of us feel very lonely, so I let them unload their baggage for three hours of one-sided conversation. (laughs) So, according to you, when is talking about exes and or opening up about traumas, if ever, acceptable in the context of dating? I was also told that this behavior could be a seduction technique trying to trigger a need to please response from the other person. Is that a thing? And is that acceptable? 
I guess the question is, did it work? Do you feel more nurturing after he's... Okay, so... It doesn't sound like it. No, it doesn't sound like okay, it. Okay, talking about exes, when do you do that? In... I, th- I think the main thing that stood out for me about this point was he was talking about his ex negatively, mm. which, of course, not all breakups are am- amicable. Mm. And there's, you know, hurt feelings and everything on both sides. But I always find that to be a bit of a red flag. Mm. Unless the situation went awful, you should always be able to respect your exes. Mm. So... Look, talking about exes on a first date is a dumb idea. Okay. <laughs> Especially talking about them negatively. I just don't see the point of that. Though I do think it is important to discuss previous history with partners and what you want in the future of the relationship pretty early on. I think for the first date, one passing comment like, oh, my last girlfriend was X years ago. Like, I think that's okay. That's mm. fine. Talking about them, like about details. I don't, I don't even think you need to have a passing comment. Your first date should be about... No, I'm saying it's acceptable to have a passing comment. Maybe like, oh, I was in the area because my ex used to live there. That sort of passing comment. Not like, I used to take my ex here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, there's so many more things. You're literally meeting someone for the very first time. Yeah. You have an entire lifetime's worth of conversation topics yeah. that don't involve your exes. Yes. I think it depends on the type of comment as well, right? If it reflects, if it indicates that you've been thinking about them, mm. not good, mm. not good. Like, oh, I, I took my ex here all the time. Bad. Mm. But if it's just a passing comment, a factual, nonchalant comment about, oh, whatever, my ex got me a, no, I don't know. I don't know. If you go to watch and they're like, oh, that's really nice. Oh, my ex got it for me. No, I don't even like that. That's weird. I think no. I think keep your ex off the conversation topic. Until when? On a first date. Until at least you know this is going somewhere. I think it's it's a conversation to have, but it's not like, it's not that important, you know? I don't see why it can't just come up naturally one day or why do you have to have a conversation where you sit down and go, I have three exes, this person, this person, this person, this happened to all three of them. Yeah. Is Is that really that important for a relationship going forward? I think history is somewhat important, yeah. Mm. Not, like, important, I want to know every single detail, but just, I guess, to verify that they are not still hung up on the X. Yeah, but that's different. This is just, like, finding out about your history rather than this person bringing up his ex every two seconds and still messaging them while you're with them and Mm. that sort of thing. So in terms of when's the right time to talk about it, I think whenever it comes naturally. But it's the context of the conversation that's important. On a first date, if he's bitching about his ex... yeah. Red flag, red flag. Yeah. He's, I think it's very respectable if someone can speak well about their exes. I think that that shows good character. Mm. And he's not, which leads me to believe that he probably has some issues himself. And the fact that he can't read the room and stop talking about <laughs> them for three hours, it's a bit much, dude. And the fact that he thought that his new date would want to hear about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely not acceptable. Yeah. So the other part of the co- of, of the question about whether it was meant to, you know... Seduce them yeah, somehow. Yeah, seduce them with... Like a reverse psychology thing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Some people do try some weird techniques. It sounds to me like he's just ignorant and doesn't really understand what's acceptable on a first date. Yeah, um, not I, much social etiquette. Yeah, maybe he hasn't dated much. Even so, the first date is not the time to vent all that dirty laundry. So not acceptable for a while until you feel like there's actual direction in this Yeah, unless there's a point to the conversation. Mm. Just venting about your ex is not going to benefit the relationship at all. But talking about your ex in terms of, I don't know, it it, it explains something or you just want them to know something about your Mm. past. Mm. That is what can build a relationship. Yeah, I agree. 
And our last one is some hate mail slash death threats. Oh, so yes. when you go I know you've to always link, wanted to, yeah, I know always wanted to receive one. So we finally got our first one it's from Aiden in Box Hill. Thank you, Aiden, for writing in. Thank you. Ready? Yeah, go on. I hate how good you guys are together. Every time I listen to an episode, it makes me sick to my stomach how good it is. It's so annoying that you make me wait for a new episode to come out. (laughs) You clearly have no respect for your fans. Otherwise, you would put out three episodes a day. You better continue making episodes for my enjoyment or else. You know what, Aiden? I don't take threats lightning. (laughs) Okay? I don't take a mind down. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to make episodes, but not because you want me to. (laughs) Okay? So I like that. It was like an anti really, anti death threat. That was really funny. Yeah. Um. Excellent work, Aiden. That was really that was really good. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying. <laughs> you the... had us at the beginning there. You did. Zara had me really worried. I, I was I was putting on a brave face, but I was actually worried about the death threats. <gasps> so yeah, thank you so much, everyone. It's been a great year for us. Yeah, it has. Um, I'm glad you've enjoyed the podcast. We've really enjoyed making it. Happy one year to you, Matthew. Happy one year to you too, Izzy. <laughs> 